0: thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast!
1: Teaching is a rewarding profession, but it comes with its fair share of challenges. That's where ADAPT come in. We're not your typical trade union, but instead a modern, apolitical alternative, offering expert legal, employment and mental health support, protection without the politics. So what makes ADAPT different? We're always apolitical and independent, specialized solely in supporting individual teachers. Our caseworkers are professionally qualified, ensuring you always get the best advice. Plus, there's 24-7 mental health support. Whether it's a simple contract check or handling serious allegations, ADAPT are here for you. Join the thousands of educators who've chosen ADAPT to protect their careers. Subscribe at
0: adapt.org.uk today. ADAPT. Supporting school staff. Protecting careers. Good evening, good evening, edgy folk. How are you doing this evening? I am delighted to welcome you to this evening's show with Edapt UK, who are going to be joining us momentarily to discuss supporting and protecting teachers and everything that they offer. I can see that Tom HB is here, ready and raring to go, so I'm going to not waste any more time and hand over directly to him.
1: Thank you very much, Lucy, and welcome to a really special Wednesday Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio tonight. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by Alistair Wood, the CEO of ADAPT. Um, And let me just tell you about ADAPT before Alistair joins us. Now, we can all agree that teaching is a rewarding profession, but it does come with its fair share of challenges. I'm sure that in your first three weeks back at work, you've come across many of those. And that comes in here because they're not your typical trade union, but instead they're a modern apolitical alternative and they offer expert legal, employment and mental health support. This is protection without the politics. So what makes that different? Well, they're always apolitical and independent. They specialise solely in supporting individual teachers. Every caseworker is professionally qualified and ensuring that you get the best advice. And they are offering 24-7 mental health support and the 24 7 mental health support is relatively new and i look forward to talking to alistair about that so whether it's a simple contract check or handling serious allegations adapt are there for you so hopefully in the next 90 minutes you will be convinced to join the thousands of educators who have chosen adapt to protect their careers and you will be talking to alistair about the options available and you can subscribe at adapt.org.uk today um so that's what ADAPT are. They support school staff and they protect careers. And if you listen to the next 90 minutes and you think, I really want to be part of ADAPT, then we can offer you something special in the month of September. Got 11, no, we've got 10 days left of September. You can use the codes TTR Annual or ttr monthly and you can receive a 10 percent discount on a subscription now that means we'll look at some price comparison but with adapt you could save over 80 pounds compared to an equivalent union membership joined now by alistair wood the ceo of adapt alistair a very good evening how are you doing
0: Hi Tom, good evening, uh, thanks for having me on, a pleasure to be here, doing uh, not too badly today, thanks. Excellent, um, so for the benefit of our listeners,
1: um, first of all, before we get into who adapts are and how ADAPT's come about in the last decade or so, tell us about you, tell us about your background, tell us about your teaching experience as well.
0: Sure, um, yeah, so I started teaching in 2006, feels like a a long time ago uh now it probably is actually when you think about it um i got into teaching through teach first which was in its kind of early days back in those days and i started teaching at uh, Wembley high uh, a school in london um did a couple of years there and then i did a year in the civil service working for the department for communities then came back into teaching um at another school in London, St. Marlebone school. Um, I was there for a while Did sort of did head of department jobs, uh, was head of year. And that's kind of where I really kind of took my career after that was into kind of pastoral roles. Um, and, you know, through that traveled a bit, uh, internationally, taught a little bit internationally. Uh, met my wife who is also a head teacher now. Um, and yeah, came okay, back to the UK, taught a bit more here, and then along that journey was was part of founding Adapt, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit uh, shortly. Um, and I, but when we founded Adapt, which was 2012, uh, was when we really kind of kicked off uh, properly. Um, I stayed in the classroom because uh, I wanted to carry on teaching, and it's only recently, in the last couple of years, that I've taken a more active role. Uh, in ADAPT. So, um, that's been a big change for me. It's not that long since I've been out of the classroom. So tell us all about sort of, that has been going for just over a decade now. Tell us about
1: how you got the idea, how you got the name and how it all came together.
0: Yeah. So, um, essentially it, it kind of came about as a result of a trip. Uh, I was on with a guy called John Roberts, um, who some of your listeners might know, um, uh, through his work that he does with Oak, um, We were on a trip to New York um, with some other teachers. We were working on a policy document, which was looking at um, uh, how to establish positive cultures in challenging circumstances. So we're going around and looking at um, a lot of the original charter schools in New York, um, like the KIT program and uh, places like that. And that was really interesting. Um, But it was, I think this was 2010. And it was the year that, I don't know if you remember this, the Icelandic volcano erupted. um, And it meant that we got trapped in New York for a bit of extra time. Um, So there was a group of us and we just sort of obviously ended up talking a lot about education policy um, and education in general, because that's what we were kind of there for. Um, And so one of those things that we talked about was we, we talked about uh, unions and, and the kind of nature of protecting teachers. Um, and and really like the origins of ADAPT came with the idea of creating a new union. Um, sort of around that time, we just sort of come off the back of some strikes, I think in 2009 over pay. Um, that was kind of in the middle of the global financial crisis and the recession, um, like I said I'd sort of joined the profession through Teach First and in those sort of early days of Teach First um, unions were not particularly nice about Teach First and Teach Firsters as we call ourselves um, so I think like for, I can't really talk about John but like certainly for me I felt a little bit disaffected by some of the politics that was happening with the unions at the time um, I was a lot younger then obviously uh, you know a bit more naive as well but I think the, the initial st- Sort of starting point of our conversation was that maybe, we were like, we should set up another union, um, but one which was just a kind of a bit less political. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we sorry, that's another conversation just amongst hundreds of other conversations. It's all right, it's conversations on about education Just because
1: if we think about what unions are, they provide a collective voice. They provide CPD in some cases, and they also provide that protection. So. Is, is it right to say that you're making this very deliberate choice to focus on that one aspect of protection and just you know not rather than trying to cover all bases doing one just really well
0: yeah so like when we sort of started talking about the idea of doing this we went and did some research we spoke to more teachers uh, and was trying to find out kind of why people joined unions and you know what was their motivations um, and obviously the thing which kept coming back was ah, oh, you know you know, you, you get when you start teaching, you know, you get told you must join a union because you need to be protected, and you know, that's the, the thing that came out. I joined a union, you know, mainly for protection, not to say that the other reasons that they could join a union aren't important, but that was the main one, and that's something which kind of holds out in research now. You know, 75% of teachers' poll this year said that the most important reason for joining a union was for that legal protection. So then, when we sort of took that idea, uh, and we sort of then asked ourselves, well, if the politics can become an issue for some people, why don't we just take the politics out of that bit? Um and so why don't we start an organization which is apolitical, so doesn't have a view on pedagogy, doesn't have a view on any of the politics, but just focuses on doing that um professional support and edu legal support. And I think that's where you know where we sort of started we, we sort of kind of came from those beliefs uh, and it was like some really key values is that you know we started it with this basically i think we thought you know whilst teachers should be free to you shouldn't have to join a political politically active organization in order to get the protection and support you need to do your jobs um and and also, I think what you're kind of alluding to there, if you just specialise and focus solely on providing support, we felt that we could provide a really, really high quality service um, and potentially be able to offer that at a lower price to um, lower cost of teachers, um, because that's all we're doing. Um, and kind of the other part of it was we felt that by sort of providing that quality support, we could keep more teachers in the classroom and we felt that that was ultimately like a, a good thing for for everyone for the communities that we were teaching in and and just for the kind of country as a whole mhm and yeah i think this whole point that you've made that you
1: shouldn't have to join a political organisation to have protection at work some people do want to and that's absolutely yeah. their prerogative and some people do want to get involved in that, but many teachers do not and you know the fact that you know Without ADAPT, you would have to join a political organisation to have that protection. It, you know, it, it's clear that ADAPT really, you know, is offering protection about the politics. But it's right. Am I right in saying, that ADAPT really has, you know, more in common with the unions that you might than you might actually think? It's certainly not an anti-union body, is it?
0: No, and I think, like, you know, I would certainly always start with with that bit. Like, I think we've got more in common. Like, we're all about. Um, and helping teachers succeed you know there are people you know who will will think that we're anti-union and I, I can understand where that thinking comes from I disagree with it but I can understand it you know some people will say because we offer a choice an alternative to the unions some people will interpret that as undermining the union movement I don't believe that to be the case I mean our aim is just is to ensure that every teacher is supported regardless of of how they feel about their uh, about their politics, and I think like one of the things is I think is also really important for me to get across because it is really important to us as the people who've who founded it and, and run the organisation, is that we we you know by being apolitical we don't we're not being anti union we're not against unions we really recognise the important role that they play um, in in the profession in society in general. Um, I th- And, you know, we've always been really, really careful about how we talk about adapt, how we talk about unions and how we market that to to try to never talk down the unions and to kind of um, say anything negative about what they do or what they think or any of those things, because that's a really important value to us. I think it would have been really easy for us to, um, you know, I think the obvious kind of marketing stance would have been to to not do that but for us as kind of teachers who have come from that space and you know who you know worked with people it was really important for us never to kind of, of be, be that and I suppose I mean
1: we'll touch on this very briefly because um, you were mentioned in a very positive light by a former Secretary of State for Education Michael Gove um, that didn't that didn't really help did it but um, it did it did at least make it clear that you're sort of you know, that government and, you know, you were aware, you know, that there was awareness of ADAPT from a very early stage, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we think about the early days of ADAPT, you know, we're a really small organisation. We're sort of trying to challenge a, a massive kind of default stance of joint teaching, joint union, you know, and these are huge organisations, um, you know, with tens of billions of pounds of income every, every year. Um, Michael Gove picked up on our existence at some point, I think it was 2014, something like that, and he sort of name-dropped us in a speech, Um, which, whilst that was great for kind of recognition, I guess, um, when we were trying to establish ourselves as a a political organisation, that wasn't particularly helpful. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to say anything good about Michael Gove, I'm not going to say anything bad about Michael Gove, that's the whole point of being apolitical. Um, But, yeah, it, it didn't help us, I think, in trying to established ourselves in that space as an apolitical organization um but i like to think over the, the you know the 10 plus years that we've been operating and i think particularly in the way we've operated this year amongst the industrial action i think we're able to really demonstrate those values of of how we are apolitical and, and why actually having an apolitical organization i think has been actually quite valuable um especially this year yes
1: um and we'll definitely We'll definitely come on to that as well. And yeah, I, I think if there's if there's one myth that we want, well, there's a few myths that we're going to dispel tonight, but one of them is, of course, that this myth that Adapt is somehow affiliated with the Conservative Party and is full of, the, <laughs> yes. you know, and is secretly funded by Michael Gove, uh, because we know that's absolutely not true. I want to move on and just think then, you know, because there will be teachers listening to this either live or on demand on our website, ctradio.org forward slash listen back. Um, who don't currently have protection um, at work whether that's from a union or whether that's from adapt and you know we think there's probably hundreds of thousands of school um, staff who are currently unsupported Um, why do school staff decide not to get protection at work in your view
0: i think it's a An interesting one. I mean, and I'll start with this and I'll probably come back to this a few times. My advice to, to people whenever I speak to them is join someone, um, whether that's a union or whether that's a that, da- make sure you join someone and, and you will definitely come on to some of the reasons why I think that's important. Um, I think some of the reasons why people choose not to um, join anyone, um, there's definitely a cost element to that. Um, you know, you're looking at Depending on who you're joining, you know, for a typical teacher, somewhere between you know about sort of fifteen to twenty plus pounds a month, um, which is not an insignificant cost, especially at, at kind of these times. Um, I think there's also the perception that, you know, for some teachers, you know, they will see themselves and go, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a good teacher. I'm um, on my business. I'm, I'm not radical. I'm not going to do anything stupid. I'll be fine. I've not got into trouble before. I won't again. You know, I'm not going to do anything wrong. Therefore, I don't need to pay for something I'm not going to use. Um, which, again, I would disagree with. Um, and perhaps we'll talk about that as well. Um, and you know, and I think the other bit is like, for some people, they are, you know, and this is what we hear from subscribers who may choose to join us is that sometimes they're put off by the political side of things. Um, that's for individuals to decide but you know sometimes people are put off by some of the stances that um, unions might take on other things and therefore choose not to have that protection I don't think that's a a good reason not to have protection at all Um, and so you know I think when I think about like what ADAPT's purpose is 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 about actually trying to provide a home for and, and giving a choice for kind of all teachers um, to make sure that everyone has that protection, because as I'm sure I'll talk about, you know, it is a unfortunately like teaching is a quite a risky profession.
1: Indeed, it's certainly risky business, and I think you made an interesting point there about sort of uh, money plus for politics. And certainly, um, if a teacher chooses to join a trade union, they might find that they're paying fees which are going towards. Activity, you know, activities they don't necessarily support and they may not um, particularly want to fund. Um, whereas, of course, you know, ADAPT being apolitical, you don't have a political fund at all, do you?
0: No, I mean, you know, we're not a trade union and, and unions kind of have broader purposes about what they try to do. And, and like I say, you know, I'm not here to say anything negative against that. You know, they certainly serve um, a very important role. We just approach the kind of problem of protecting teachers in a, in a different way, you know. As a result of the way we focus on working with our subscribers, you know, we are just specialising in providing that support. Um, unions have broader aims, and that's that's fine. That, that's that's up to them in kind of what they do, um, and it's really up for teachers to kind of have a make that choice about what they want to do, really, and that's. We, we, uh, that's kind of what adapt is there for is to just to provide an option
1: yeah you, you, you thats a choice and it's an option um and you know
0: i mean and, it's, I was going to say in the same way there's there's choices amongst unions, right there's different yeah. unions um, and people will choose to join different unions for different reasons absolutely um
1: and I mean some people who I've spoken to at work and via t t r have said, well, actually. I, you know, I'm not a member of a union and I'm not a member of sort and I don't have this sort of insurance or protection um from non union organizations like Adapt because I don't have the time to actually sign up and subscribe because I'm so busy at work. Um from an adapt perspective, how how easy is it to sign up with Adapt?
0: Yeah, I mean, super easy. I mean, I, I you know, I can't talk about how easy it's to sign up for other organisations, but I know one of the things we've really focused on is making it super easy to do that you know i know that by going onto the website and having your kind of just key details to hand in terms of your name address and some sort of payment facility you could probably subscribe within a minute if not two um I'd, you know i'd recommend you read a bit more about what we do and, and how we work but it's certainly easy to subscribe yeah so i wouldn't accept that idea that you don't have time to no. get protection Sure. now I, I
1: do want to focus on something which you brought up and obviously adapt is a and i think this is going to be a good example which exemplifies this which was oh pardon me which was the strikes um this year the, the yeah and if you've been living under a rocket over the last nine months our listeners um then you won't have noticed that the NEU, the National Education Union, called a certain called for some industrial action um, over a pay dispute. And we know that the NEU um, were saying to teachers who are sort of members, um, don't tell your head teacher you're striking, you need to maximise the disruption. You had, on the other hand, you had the government saying, well, actually, you probably should tell your head teacher if you're going on strike. Now, there will have been a lot of teachers who had a lot of questions because many of them might have only, um, you know, qualified to teach in the last few years and wouldn't have been through industri- industrial action before. So, as an apolitical organisation, what did ADAPT do when it came to the strikes?
0: Yeah, so I think you know one of the things which is kind of what we specialise in is trying to turn complex law and and regulations and anything else into things which from a kind of teacher's perspective you understand to put it in teacher speak you know we are we come you know we are teachers at heart so we know kind of what teachers want um so what we tried to do was to try and provide as objective as we possibly could guidance about what was going on like throughout that period um so we tried to provide so you know one of the first things we did was brought out some guidance about what this meant and and in particular who could strike um because i think because you had different outcomes from the ballots you know you had any you had met the threshold you had then asuwt who whilst they were voting in favor of strike action hadn't met the the threshold um that was in place in law so you had lots of nasuwt members um, who wanted to strike but couldn't strike, or could they strike? And you had uh, adapt subscribers, for example. Could they strike? You know, our aim was basically to simplify and make sense of the law. So explain what teachers could do. So whilst you've kind of got the government saying what you should do, or union saying what you should do, what we, I guess, how we tried to fit in that space was just saying, look, this is what the law says. This is what you could do. Now it's up to you to to make your own decisions. Um, and I think in a, in a weird way. We probably, because um, I think we sort of tend to get if we're going to get called anything political, it would be kind of we tend to get more accused of being anti-union or anti-strikes or anything like that. I think actually, in a weird way, our guidance actually provided probably more support for the strikes in helping people to understand that if they wanted to strike, how could they do that without putting themselves at risk? How could they do that to ensure that they had the same legal protections as, for example, the members of the the NEU and you know certainly from within Adapts, you know our subscribers because we're not a trade union our subscribers were actually able to join in that industrial action and I know you know quite a lot of them did over the course of the the last year like took part and, and you know stood alongside their colleagues from the NEU um, so yeah it was it was a really I think it was a I think from us for us as an organization it was a really useful opportunity for us to demonstrate actually how apolitical and objective we are when it comes to what is obviously a highly politicised issue.
1: And, it, you know, and strikes are, you know, intensely political. And I remember seeing when the strike action was announced, um, I know you, Alistair, made an excellent Venn diagram, um, which showed the seven different um, options in terms of teachers who could strike. And it was made very, very clear, lovely visual. And, you know, as a teacher, I love using diagrams and visuals by teaching to help explain difficult concepts. But, you know, if you were, I'm looking to right now, if you are an EU member, obviously you can strike. Um If you are a member of another union, you couldn't strike. But if you're a member of ADAPT or not a member of a union at all, you could strike. And I think making it really crystal clear, yes, even though you're a member of an apolitical organisation, you know, apolitical doesn't mean... Anti political. Um, It just means that actually, if you do support the strikes and you want to support your NEU colleagues, um, then you absolutely could. And if you didn't want to, you you didn't have to. And having a body like ADAPT, which made it clear and provided objective, neutral, um, apolitical advice to teachers, um, would have been and was extremely useful.
0: Yeah. And I think what I would say is that, you know, we are. You know of course like certainly personally speaking someone who's worked in the profession for 15 plus years i've got many friends who are teachers my wife's head teacher you know it's not that we are in as individuals aren't political or have our own political opinions about things or adapt subscribers don't have opinions about those things we just and you know don't have avenues to voice those in, in other ways we just as an organization have chosen to take politics out of what we do in terms of supporting teachers you know it's not to say that teachers aren't right to to have a voice on things absolutely not you know we just have taken a slightly different approach to i I guess that if you take a look at it as the problem of teachers having you know working in a kind of risky profession where there are risks that they need to be protected against we have just taken removed the politics away from that bit now some people would argue that's not possible and by doing that you're you're you know by that is a political move in itself um but you know i i, I think i just have to disagree <laughs> Yeah, you know, i can't really argue it much more than that <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: yeah and i mean you know there's a lot some people would argue that education has been
1: its very nature political um and i think what you're you know what you're doing what adapt is doing is yes accepting that a lot of issues in education are political but just trying to be unbiased and just trying to explain every single possible option to teachers and if we look at sort of the title for today's show as you you know alluded to teaching is a risky business it's a great profession so many people enjoy teaching even though yes sometimes you know the marking can be a lot and sometimes there are additional workload pressures Um, but it is a risky business and we are looking today at how organizations especially like adapt can support teachers and protect careers because anybody who looks through the tra findings will be aware of teachers who let's be honest some of them have done some ups- utterly dreadful things that are quite rightly kicked mm-hmm. out of a profession um others and we'll come on to a couple of examples we won't talk specifically about them you know are cases where actually careers could have been protected much more easily so if we look at this thing about protecting careers you have five basic tips really for a teacher who wants to ensure their career is protected so let's go through them so your first top tip is join yeah a union yeah. or adapt
0: yeah absolutely and you know and that's where i think that's probably the one thing i say the most to when i'm meeting teachers and talking to teachers or especially talking to new teachers I often have the pleasure of talking to trainee teachers um and i'll always say yeah make sure you join someone if you join adapt fantastic you know i think there's loads of good reasons why you should join adapt but if you don't want to join adapt make sure you join a union um and i think the the kind of reason i say that is because it you know makes a difference um that's the kind of saddest thing i have or we have as an organization in our kind of daily occurrence and it is genuinely a daily occurrence is we have people will ring up and I know it's happened today, for sure. Um, I have remember seeing some of the casework today. Someone ringing up saying, you know, this has happened to me. Can you help? I'm not a subscriber with you. I'm not a member of a union. You know, I've been suspended for for this or this has happened. Can you help? And unfortunately, the, the, the way the kind of both ourselves and unions work is that we can't do that. Um, it's just not a model, you know. I don't like to compare what we do as insurance because we're not an insurance product, but it's kind of like crashing your car and then ringing up a car insurer saying, Oh, this has happened. Can you insure me that you can't do it after the event? Um, So absolutely join someone. And I think the reason why that's important is because what we're dealing here, dealing with here is quite complex law. Uh, like employment law is complicated and and, and the regulations around education are quite complex as well. Um, you know, and there's lots of different contexts, like whether you're working at a multi-academy trust, whether you're a local maintained school, whether you're working in independent sector, you know, there's all, there's all slight difference and nuances. Um, and so to get quality advice, you need to have people who really know what they're talking about. Um, and the other kind of nature of complex legal advice is that it's expensive. You know, it costs hundreds of pounds an hour, um, for that um, and so I think it's it's really important to to, to make sure you've got access to that um, when you need it and as you said at the start
1: of the show you can have a stellar career um, not a single blemish on your record and then all of a sudden an allegation is made and you're going to need protection And if you haven't signed up for adapt or for another organization um you know you can't just bring them up and say look i need some help because hey you know um that's that's the nature of any profession really in terms of having that and you know the car crashing analogy
0: i think is one that many of us will be able to recognize um so you're yeah and bucket, I, I, just, I, I was gonna say just that, just to add on that you know i'd say like what we've done and we've looked at a lot of our data and, and looked at try to find like, spot trends and things and there is no real trend of who is likely to you know have an allegation medicated there's a there's kind of a few kind of slight nuances in the data but it is really unpredictable um and the other thing I would say is like schools just by their very nature and this is certainly something I've noticed as I've left the classroom and to kind of work in adapt full-time well there's two things I noticed first thing I noticed was that I could go to the toilet anytime I like that was a Real pleasure. Um, but the second thing I noticed was just the lack of conflict. Like schools are inherently full of conflict. And that's not a necessarily a bad thing. That's just the nature of having hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the same space where there are rules um, and there's hierarchies of kind of power with students, and teachers. Like they, those kind of circumstances just create the, the, like kind of perfect conditions maybe not perfect but conditions for conflict and so there is going to be some sort of conflict that happens there's loads of other amazing things that are there in schools as well but but conflict is a real issue and 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 that won't change
1: and yeah no and that's that is the nature of beast, so to speak that is the nature of education um in certainly in england um as I always have to remind myself, because I say Britain, I have to remind myself as a politics teacher, in part, education is, of course, devolved. Um, so your first top tip is join someone, whether that's or a union or something else. Your second top tip for protecting careers is to make sure you have copies of documents at home. Um, why is that so important?
0: Yeah, so I think there's, there's probably two or three key documents. I think it's really important that you have your own copy of. The first one is your contract. Um, Like having a copy of your contract, easy to access, whether that you know you've emailed that to yourself or you've got that stored somewhere else, other than on your school, in your school space, um, is really important. You know, when we're supporting subscribers, that is the first thing we will ask for. We know whenever there's an issue, can you send us a copy of your contract? Because ultimately, that you know you're you're employed under those terms and and those terms and also kind of key policies like your disciplinary policy or the grievance policy. Those are the things which will determine what happens next. Whenever there's an issue, um, you'll often find these in the staff handbook, you know, teachers often given staff handbook at the start of the year, sort to read through it, make sure you're kind of aware of those things, but, um, definitely like make sure you have a copy of your contract. Absolutely. But de- you know, having copies of kind of key policies, um, is really important and and the kind of reason I say that is that actually if you are to be if you were to be suspended for something one of the things that tends to happen if that happens is um your access to things gets revoked so you're not allowed to come into school you're not allowed to talk to people from school um your kind of IT access will be suspended so it can just be quite becomes more of a challenge to get access to those things when you kind of need them most um you know schools will have to give you them eventually but it's obviously happening you know, much more useful to have them to to hand. Uh, the other key one about it, like having your contract is, you know, when you're changing jobs, and this is one of the things that we do quite a lot often is, you know, we, a lot of our subscribers will just say, oh, I've just got a new job. and uh, This is a contract. Can you just check it for me just to check that I'm kind of agreeing to something which is fairly standard and I'm not going to get myself in a tricky situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, where, you know, whether it is that simple contract check or more serious allegations, that's what you know. An organization like Adept can do for you. At this point, I'm going to actually do something which I didn't think I was going to do tonight and pick on Lucy. Lucy, there. Oh, she might be there. Lucy, I do want to hear from you because I want to know based on what. Hello, just... Tom. Hello, Lucy. I just I want to hear from you. Do you know where a paper contract? paper copy of your contractors uh
0: yes in a folder on my bookshelf
1: excellent be like lucy everybody um make sure that you've got um, copies of all of your documents at home on your own account paper copy somewhere at home alice Although, has now disappeared yes he he has hopefully he'll he'll reappear in a
0: moment but just oh back he Brilliant. will he's
1: back i'm going to um just talk then so alice was giving us um his five top tips for protecting careers what some you know, as a teacher, what you can do to protect your careers. Um, his first tip is to join someone, whether that's ADAPT or whether it's a union. And his second top tip was to have copies of your contracts, of grievance policies, of disciplinary policies, paper copies at home on your own account or somewhere at home. We're now going to continue, as like nothing had happened. And we're going to move on to your third top tip, which was to get things in writing.
0: Yeah. There. So how important are written records? Yeah, massively. And sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I sort of dropped out. Um, but yeah, right. the, yeah, the importance of written records like super important. And, and you know, teachers, especially those working in, in pastoral um, positions, will know how important written statements are and, and kind of written evidence can be when it comes to uh, investigation of issues or, or trying to kind of find ways through really difficult issues. So, yeah, the importance of written records, I can't stress enough um they do a few things really one is they provide clarity um on things so let's take for example you've got a disagreement of around pay or like a a job offer that's been made to you and how much time you're going to get given to do that role or what your pay is going to be if you've got that in writing there is no disagreement about that it just provides a really clear um clarity and you know sometimes these things are just genuine misunderstandings but you don't get those when things are in writing um the the other things i think you know where it comes in terms of when you've got incidents which might not have become anything which but potentially could turn into something more serious just having like a few written notes about what had happened or and especially if you've reported that to someone else a line manager just having like a, a a brief timeline of what's happened um, that can be really useful in kind of evidence kind of going forward. Um, and, you know, and you see this with, I think we've seen a big rise in this with kind of all the progression that's been made around safeguarding, you know, when you see systems like CPOMs or kind of equivalents of, of that, you know, having that, you know, those are essentially providing some of those written uh, timelines and, and kind of written, caches of of evidence which are then used um to provide kind of those trails which are which are needed so yeah i would say anything where it's important and you know you can read that with a very broad um interpretation like getting something down in writing uh you know whether that's an email that's fine or whether that's kind of actual just genuine like written notes in your planner about something um it's something you can refer back to um and certainly can be used in, in you know, um, disciplinary uh, meetings or grievance meetings um, or even, you know, if it goes to tribunals.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. So top third tip, um, get things in writing. And that's important, whether that's about you or about anything. And I mean, you made a point about pastoral teams. I, I'm always reminded in our annual safeguarding training, anything that you write um, down as a, safe, as a log for safeguarding could end up going, being read out in court. So, written records are always really, really important. And I can think of an example, not in my school, but in a some, but one of my friends who works in another school was offered a TLR, um, TLR2 for doing a head of department job and was told after the interview, yeah, well, you've got the job, we'll offer you TLR2, it will be £5,000. And then it came to actually getting the thing in writing and it was actually only £3,000. And Because, you know, the person who offered them the extra money was like, well, you know, I never said that. And so it's really important to get things in writing as soon as possible. So our top tip so far, join somebody, whether that's adapt to a union, have copies of documents at home, get things in writing. Tip number four, I think this is really important. um, Don't sit on stuff. So why is that important?
0: Yeah, I mean, there can be all sorts of different issues here. But, you know, as teachers, you we have that kind of set you know, professional judgment and you also have that gut feeling of when things aren't quite right so that could be you know might be your relationship with a line manager it might be an, you being uncomfortable with what you're being asked to do um there could be some sort of not a full allegation made but an informal thing has been said maybe about you or another teacher um you know maybe you're being asked to do something not part of your job role but you're kind of getting on with it but you're not really sure if it's right you know actually all of these things and you know it's the same advice that we give to students is you know the importance of early intervention is, is really really important you know it's important to kind of get help and support as soon as you can um, don't be don't be afraid to kind of ask for help you know that's that's kind of like you know certainly what we do at adapt is that we you know we encourage our subscribers if they're not sure about something, get in touch with us. You know, if, if there's it, if no silly questions. Um, just ask us a question. If, you know, if it's nothing to be worried about, we'll tell you it's nothing to be worried. If it is something you should be worried about, or there's some sensible steps you can take to make sure this situation doesn't get any worse, then we can help you with that. You know, if you want to have talk through an issue, like we can, we can do all of those sort of things. And um, yeah, so I think it's just it's, it sounds like really common sense advice, but I think it's, it's often the stuff that we we often ignore. Uh, when we're in those situations, so yeah, if something doesn't feel quite right, you know, try and do something about it. And you know, whether that's talking to a colleague um, or getting advice from you know ourselves, or you know, whether if, you, if you're a part of a union, getting advice from your union, make do do something about it. Don't just kind of sit on it
1: yeah so uh, never do nothing is how i would put it if there's something no matter how small you know if, if you pay a subscription or a membership for a union or for adapt then use it because nothing is ever too small and even if it does turn out to be nothing you'd be much you know it's much better that you actually said something than said nothing and it hasn't grown into something worse so i think that's a really really important piece of advice so so far we have got um join someone whether it's a union or whether it's adapt have copies of all your documents at home especially your contract get things in writing it's really important to have written records don't sit on stuff never do nothing and then finally make full use of the support available which i kind of touched on there even for the small stuff and you know so when we talk about making full use of the support available how can adapt help with that in terms of the support which is available
0: yeah so i mean certainly like I'll talk about from what we do from our perspective you know we have our qualified legal team who are experts in, in legal advice um, and employment law and, and the education space you know that's what we specialize in doing is only having those qualified experts providing that advice we think that it's really important to get quick advice uh, but to make sure that that advice is really quality as well um so you know absolutely making use of that you know we also have have, have just brought in this academic year access to 24 7 mental health support as well um and that and that comes from us recognizing you know working with our subscribers When you know when something does happen especially if it's something quite serious there's often a mental health element that's being created here as well either that's potentially part of the reason why something has happened you know at school or you know you might have some sort of mental health crisis or mental health issue as a result of something happening at school and those you know i certainly feel and certainly from my background in pastoral work you know like there's there are two really different sets of expertise um you know our legal team are great and they're really empathetic and and you know emotionally intelligent but they're not mental health experts they can really help you with the the legal stuff but actually often when you've got an issue you need another side of support as well and, and that's where our kind of mental health team come in, and they specialise in that. And you know, that's the kind of approach I think we take to all of our support work. At Adapt is we just want to provide the highest quality um, as much as we can, and then just to make that really quick. So accessing, you know, I think for our Adapt subscribers, I think we've managed to put together a real quality suite of options for them to to get that full range of support. Um, you know, for those people who aren't members of Adapt, you know, there are lots of other Absolutely, use your you know your union if you're a member of a union. A lot of schools are increasingly taking out employee assistance programs where they might have some of that in mental health support. Um, you might have, um, depending on kind of the nature of your school, you might have in in school counselors or or even doctors and nurses if you're kind of working at a boarding school or something like that. Um, so you know, make full use of of all of those things absolutely talk to your colleagues and friends and and family and, and all those things as well. Certainly don't suffer alone. The one caveat I would put around that sort of stuff is just make sure that when you're getting certain bits of advice, like be really careful about where you're getting that really quite complex or specialist advice from. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily trust the legal advice from someone who doesn't necessarily have that background in 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 the law and then kind of knows that for certain um obviously there's lots of people who will be really good at that sort of stuff but you know i would say that's that's kind of why you know we're here and we have those kind of services is because stuff is complex it requires really specialist expertise so yeah make sure you get good advice from the right people
1: absolutely and it's also worth noting of course if you have that sort of third party mental health support from adapt rather than something which has come to say from through say your contract or sort of workplace benefits if you were to be suspended you know that adapt will continue to be able to provide you with that 24 7 mental health support whereas if it's something tied in with work depending on the nature of the suspension those avenues may not be available to you so having that third party support I think is really, really important. Now, if you're just joining us tonight, um, we're about halfway through our show tonight, um, the Wednesday late show. And if you're a teacher, you know that teaching is a rewarding profession, but it does come with its fair share of challenges. And that's where ADAPT come in. But are not your typical trade union, but instead a modern apolitical alternative offering expert legal employment and mental health support. This is protection without the politics. What makes ADAPT different? Well, they're always a political and independent. They specialise solely in supporting individual teachers. Every case worker is professionally qualified, and ensuring that you get the best advice. And there's 24-7 mental health support. Whether it's a simple contract check or handling more serious allegations, adapts are there for you. So Hopefully from tonight, you will be convinced to join the thousands of educators who have chosen Adapt to protect their careers. And you can subscribe at adapt.org.uk today. And if you're listening in the month of September, in the final 10 days, you can use the codes TTRANNUAL. Or TTR monthly, and you will receive a 10% discount on a subscription. And with that, you could save over £80 compared to an equivalent union membership. Now, we've just heard from Alistair's um, five basic tips for protecting careers, and we know that life will be so much more complicated when you don't do those things. Um, we don't want to talk about specific examples and specific case studies, however, I did want to mention. Um, the um, glue gun case study, um, which certainly over the last couple of months has been a hot topic of discussion for teachers, even those teachers who aren't on um, edgy Twitter or edgy X or whatever we want to call it now. Um, certainly, in my staff remote work, teachers who have very little online presence, probably a Facebook account, and that's it, have been talking about it. So it's certainly been a hot topic, and. I I suppose Alistair, thinking more widely about the TRA um, and some of the risks of teaching in a situation like the glue gun case study, what can adapt do for you in that
0: situation? Yeah, I mean, I'm always fairly reluctant to talk about individual situations, but I'll I'll, I'll kind of talk generally around the kind of these things. Um, I think certainly within I think one of the things you could take from that particular incident is that a lot of things happened quite quickly um, from the kind of incident happening, I think, on the Friday, what was happening in the press over the weekend to the individual um, resigning on on the Monday. For me, that's a really quick process. Um, And, you know, I don't know what access to advice and support that individual had. Um, You know, I can only talk about what I think we... Would have done like if that had happened um to, to that you know you could have rang us up on the on the weekend and got some advice um on that that would have been absolutely possible um i think we would have given some really clear-cut advice about what to do next um i you know i don't know all the circumstances that that came into why that teacher resigned on the monday but You know, I kind of sense that's the sort of thing that we would have been trying to support that teacher with kind of some, you know, letting them really understand where they stand and kind of what the next steps would be and what the process was and what their rights were when it came to um, what could happen next in terms of a disciplinary, if indeed there was going to be one. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess like that's probably the, the simplest way of kind of putting it, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, I appreciate,
1: you know, you, you can't talk about particular cases, especially, you know, um, where we don't always know the full details and we can only really go on what's been reported and what was in the TRA
0: case. Um, you know, that I- one obviously was quite detailed. There's, a, there's a quite a lot of detail in there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think in a situation like that, I, you know, I think there are there, there were certainly questions about different responses from different stakeholders within that particular case. Um, again, like whilst the TRA hearing and kind of report does provide some of that detail, it probably doesn't give the full picture, but yeah, you know, there's certainly some questions around the different people involved, um, you know, certainly around the HR team at that particular institution, the leadership as well. So, you know, they're all the sort of things that we would be hoping to kind of support our subscriber with. Yeah, definitely,
1: and I think it goes back to those five basic tips about protecting your careers. Make full use of your support available. If an allegation's been made against you on a Friday, um, only resign on the Monday if you know it's absolutely the best thing to do, and you've been told, you know, and you've been given some solid advice. Chances yeah, are, I mean, you probably haven't been
0: given that advice. Yeah, I mean, the other thing to, to say is that when it comes to like incidents, like disciplinary incidents and disciplinary investigations, you know, there's a massive asymmetry between the people who are investigating and dealing with that, whether that's kind of leadership or HR and, and those people have experience of those things and the individuals who probably don't, you know, the people who are subject to some of those allegations, there's a massive power imbalance, I guess, in that sense. And, and it can certainly feel that way, certainly in meetings, if you're not being accompanied by someone who knows what they're doing. Um, So, yeah, I think it's really important to get that advice so that you it kind of balances out and what i would say is that you know there's lots of schools and there's lots of institutions that are good at doing that like recognizing that their teacher is in a and their staff member is in a difficult situation and they deserve to have support and you know we'll make sure that they're doing a good job in that unfortunately that's not the case everywhere but you know i don't want to kind of say that all schools are evil because that is certainly not the case um you know but it's just important to make sure that you have access to that support
1: yeah and uh, you mentioned there about having somebody in a meeting who knows what they're talking about now one of the other myths i hear about adapt is well if you're a member of adapt but not a trade union you can't get a caseworker in your meeting and if we look at employment law um i believe it's the employment relations act 1999 um where it says you have a right to accompaniment in disciplinary procedures by a colleague or a trade union official so we're right in thinking it doesn't. The, the law um, de jure, I suppose, doesn't stretch to adapt caseworkers. But in you know de facto, the vast majority of schools do recognise have you know the importance of having somebody qualified and who understands
0: exactly what's happening in those meetings, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, our experience of working with schools is that they they recognise the the value that our caseworkers bring to those facilities. One in terms of just supporting the mental health of. Those people who are part of those meetings, but but two just just ensuring that those the, you know, the procedures are, and processes are following, followed followed um, correctly. And you know our you know our you know like you say like the vast experience that we have is that schools are really good at doing that. And um, you know there's other bits. You know there's there's a lot of kind of school policies are based on uh, ACAS guidance, which kind of comes off that. There's some and stuff in the ACAS guidance, which talks about, you know, uh, employees can, you know, extend that right to other people. Um, and so you know, a lot of schools will, will include that as part of their policy as well. Um, you know, I think one of the few things we would get legal about is like I would like to see that enshrined in law um, in the same way that you can have for trade union members and, 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 and sorry, trade union representatives and colleagues. Um, you know, when, that, when the ERA was... You know, written in 1999 that was a long time ago and, and things have changed quite a lot since then so um, yeah that's probably the one bit that we would probably get a little bit political about in, in, in that kind of changing for that and that is something we have kind of called for and I you know it makes perfect sense doesn't it it's in
1: everybody's interests um, the person and um, perhaps under investigation the employer you know case workers it's in everybody's best interests to have people in those meetings um, who understand what's going on who understand the legalities and who can help guide um, anybody who is subject to disciplinary procedures in the right direction so and i would say
0: you know a change in that in the law in that is also just about increasing workers rights you know which i would hope everyone would kind of be in favor of
1: yeah absolutely and Know and and as much as ADAPT is an apolitical organization, I think we can all get behind this idea of ensuring that at at work we that first of all, teachers know their rights, um, but they know what they're entitled to, and you know, I've heard you know, on the, you know, secondary sources, not primary, so you can always um, open up to this scrutiny of teachers who've been hauled in for, actually, not actually, primary, um, in a couple of cases, in terms of, not in terms of primary, secondary sectors, but in terms of I heard it from somebody who's been affected, of somebody who's been hauled into a meeting by a senior leader, um, hasn't been given an agenda, um, doesn't know what the meeting is going to be out, like, has the meeting, it opens up disciplinary procedures, and If I'd known that was going to happen to that person, I'd have said to them, well, as soon as it happens, you say, well, I'm going to walk out and we're going to postpone the meeting and we'll have it once I have somebody in the room with me who can explain to me my rights and what I'm entitled to, and we're going to do it properly. So, yeah, I'm fully on board with you in terms of, you know, teachers at work knowing their rights, not getting themselves into situations, ensuring that everything's in writing, ensuring that they're using the support that's available to them. I'm 100% on board with you there, Alistair. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I think it's, like I say, like, you know, a lot of schools are, are really good at doing that. Um, but it's just the nature of schools; Like, there's there's conflict and, and, and things happen. And so um, it's just important to kind of get that advice as soon as as soon as you can really
1: absolutely
0: um I, I i want to talk about ndas quite
1: briefly because i know that tom rogers he's listening in um, has thoughts on ndas in education i've spoken to um, people from organizations who campaign to end ndas um, in all workplaces and we know that in higher education um there has been legislation passed which is seeking to reduce and minimise. Um, the roles of NDAs in higher education institutions and I suppose you know we you know Tom and I have done some digging into particular teachers cases and we know that in many a case people who are advising them um you know wherever they might come from say well look this is going to this could potentially get very expensive your best way out is to sign an NDA draw a line under it and move on with your career um What what role do you think NDAs can or should have in education?
0: Yeah, I think it's again like a lot of these things are not as simple as as perhaps they seem on the surface. Like NDAs do serve a can be misused, hundred percent, and you know, seen examples of where where that's happened. But they can also play a be very useful um, for all the parties involved and. You know especially when it comes to disciplinary issues for example um it could very well be in the teacher's interest not to have certain things shared um and, and that's you know kind of the nature of a lot of settlement agreements which are made between uh, schools and individuals will will have some sort of confidential confidentiality clause in that and, and that's complex because it's it can be around um trying to keep certain details Um, out of the public eye for for, for good reasons. Um, But I also totally recognise the kind of issues as well that can present in terms of holding institutions to account. Um, And I think that's where, you know, I I think the role of of governance and and governors, particularly within schools, and and especially, I guess, multi-academy trusts where they're working on a larger scale, is of, of being aware of kind of, NDAs that are being used and signed and just, you know, trying to ensure that those internal processes, that internal governance is really strong to, to make sure that people within those organisations aren't misusing them. Um, it's a massive challenge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, you know, i I don't think it's as simple to say you just need to get rid of NDAs because that creates a whole load of other consequences as well. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think there's you know, there's certainly some improvements to those systems. Yeah, definitely. We, I mean, we know that, you know,
1: legal costs perhaps for an employment tribunal or for a professional conduct hearing could be up to £150,000. And in some cases, it could perhaps be even more. So sometimes just being a, you know, so long as you've got good advice and you've got somebody from, an, you know, from a third-party organisation, um, saying to you, look... I can't tell you what to do, but a good option would be just draw a line under it, move on and just, you know, for the sake of your career rather than a protracted, prolonged, drawn out sort of a very expensive battle, I suppose. And I mean this is really important I suppose for any teacher because I know that you did a talk at Research Ed um earlier in the month. Um and, you know, the very hot the very hot and um, you know, um you know, research. Had uh, uh, I heard about all the different teachers, it was sweltering. Um, and so, we know. I think it's about one in five teachers will face some form of allegation in their careers. Um, just
0: how prevalent are allegations against teachers
1: beyond that sort of one in five figure?
0: Yeah, it is, it's certainly an interesting question. Um, I would say just the um, the other thing on NDAs, just to kind of to, to just kind of close that one off is that actually, like, that's why it's really important to, to have an understanding of what you're signing um, and to make sure that you're getting quality advice. Um, it's not to say that NDAs often in and of themselves are bad, but before you sign one, you should absolutely know what you're signing and what the consequences of doing that are um, so that you can kind of make that informed decision. Um, but yeah, coming on to the prevalence of issues. So this is um, something... Um, which theres not there wasn't really a lot of data around. Um, the last um, kind of nationalised data or the last time the DFE certainly looked at allegations against teachers and, and issues that teachers face was, was kind of published in 2012. Um, so there's been a real kind of dearth in quality research into this area. So we commissioned some work with Tap, and I'll always give them a big shout out. Tap do some amazing work in in raising teachers' voices um, and, and, and helping to get a real insight into what teachers are really thinking. Um, we did some research with TeachersTap earlier this year to find out kind of just how prevalent things were because there wasn't really any data out there. We had our own internal data about what we thought was happening and whether things were getting worse, or better, etc. But we wanted to kind of look into that in more detail. So we basically asked the question, have you ever been the subject of... Unfounded or otherwise, and then just kind of like a real list of um, bad stuff that could happen to you. So whether that's allegations from students and parents, whether you've been the subject of an informal or formal disciplinary procedure, whether something to do around capability, whether kind of teacher support improvement plans or formal capability processes, or you know even submitting a grievance against your school or another staff member, or having a grievance kind of submitted um, against you. So. Yeah, we sort of asked that out on TeacherTap, uh, and yeah, we found some interesting things. You know, you said there one in five teachers said that they'd been subject to an allegation by either a pupil or parent at some point in their career, uh, which I think was quite an interesting one. Um, what was interesting, I sort of mentioned this a little bit earlier, is a few nuances in that data. One of them was that male teachers um, are more at risk of allegations from pupils. Uh, than females so 29% of male teachers have had an allegation made against them versus uh, 17% of um, females which we thought was a an interesting outcome it doesn't say why um, it's not to say that male teachers are inherently bad or uh, but there's certainly some further questions um, to be raised there um, and there were some you know other sort of slight nuances in the data kind of slightly less likely to have allegations from you work in the state sector versus the independent sector um, more likely to have allegations from parents if you're in a primary school rather than a secondary school whereas in a secondary school you're more likely to have allegations from students those kind of things I think kind of make inherent sense but um, yeah we found some really interesting things and and certainly interesting when you when you start to look at different people's uh, roles within schools as well
1: yeah I mean I'm looking at sort of wider statistics as well. Um we know that between twenty eighteen and twenty twenty two, police have dealt with more than two thousand cases of social media abuse in schools, including teacher abuse. Um in the big question survey NASUW two, three percent of their members said they'd received abuse or allegations um from pupils on social media. Um we know that, you know, interestingly, I'm part of that 3%, and I know Tom Rogers has spoken about it um, publicly as well. as also part of that 3%. And it's all about making sure you have that support from your employer. And if you don't have your, that support from your employer, then ensuring that you have a third-party organisation who will be able to give you that support. We know... Um, that recently, Christine Stansfield, who um, is the CEO of the Mowbray Education Trust in Leicestershire, told, said that two teachers um, in her trust in Leicestershire were leaving the side because of low level but repeated abuse um, in emails and on social media, parents swearing and personally insulting staff. Um, there's some language which I can't repeat um, here, but the CEO said, I'm concerned that this might well result in head teachers and staff deciding to leave our schools and possibly the profession, frankly why would you subject yourself to that level of abuse? I'm sure that the people reading this would be horrified by the personally abusive and sometimes threatening communications that have been received. I'm therefore asking you to help me to ensure our heads are enjoying their work be reasonable in your interactions, be fair and kind. Talking to heads of the year, Romeo, you've come from a pastoral background, you know, the the amount of emails they get every single day, um, some of which, you know, is positive some of which much of which is sort of fairly horrifying some allegations you know have been made um and you know social media has certainly helped to accelerate us that uh, like that as well and even though jeff barton from askell says you know most parents are polite and respectful there does appear to be a growing trend of inappropriate behavior um towards stuff um so i suppose when you're dealing with less so allegations but abuse um is there anything that that can do to help you, a teacher, in that situation?
0: Yes, yeah, so absolutely. And I think it kind of goes back to that kind of two-pronged approach that I was talking about earlier. You know, I think there's two sides to issues of, of abuse. And it actually, one of the conversations we are having earlier in the week when we were talking about violence against teachers, um, you know, there's, there's kind of two elements there. It's one, you kind of want to get that, that legal advice and support about kind of where do you stand within the school? Can I... Refuse to teach that student, you know, what are my kind of processes for, you know, sorting this out kind of within the school? But also, like, there's that mental health sub- side as well. Like, you know, abuse can be really traumatic, and, and, you know, actually having a professional to be able to offload that to, I think, is, is really, really important. Um, I was on a panel um, with um, some people in the unions and also. Um, but McBruity from Education Support, a charity which provides um, helpline for teachers and we're, and we're talking about how uh, you know teaching is one of the very few caring professions where you don't have kind of regular supervision in the same way that you would uh, in other kind of professions where you're kind of exposed to kind of quite traumatic things and, and so you know that's one of the reasons why we, we, you know, we were really passionate and adapt about trying to bring in some mental health support and um, uh, in, in, into what we do because we just kind of recognize that it's important you know i think more schools are doing this you know more and more as well which i think is a, a good thing um but yeah it's, i think it's certainly important to make sure that you're getting making again Going back to kind of those tips i was saying earlier you know, making full use of all of the the professional support you've got access to
1: absolutely um and I suppose we sort of moves in, you know, we've sort of moved in sort of the second part of it today. So we've started talking about protecting careers. Um, and then sort of the second thing about that, which is supporting school staff. And one of the things I do want to talk about is um, what you get for your money, what support you get for your money compared to more traditional points of support, I suppose. And I know that you've got some, figures in terms of you know the savings you can make with adapt we know that um, you could save um, over 80 pounds compared to an equipment union membership because of a local fund as well um, so why is it that you can get support for less with adapt
0: i think it's just a kind of fundamentally comes down to kind of what is how we're different i guess for, from trade unions in that we Specialize in in focusing on kind of one aspect of what trade unions do. Trade unions obviously do collective voice and do professional developments. You know, we've now seen that kind of specialization over the last ten to fifteen years of elements of that those you know things that unions do being specialized by other organizations. So you've seen like the emergence of the Charter College of Teaching, the Institute um, of Teaching, Ambition Institute, people like that doing kind of more of the development side and research and. And things like that you know we're that kind of we're the only organization that exists in that edu legal support and protection space um so i think you know we, we're able to do it a bit cheaper i think just because we specialize you know i think we just have we have a slightly different model in how we approach things um and because we're not doing other elements not to say that those elements aren't important and you know then people shouldn't be doing that but we don't you know simply we don't do those things we just focus solely on giving teachers and school staff the best possible support as an individual um, and i think you know like i'm, I'm actually you know, an economics teacher like this that goes back to kind of one of the fundamental kind of theories of economics um in terms of specialization you know the theory is that if you specialize and do that you could be more efficient at it and kind of do it in a higher quality and as a result, you're you're able to do that as a more efficient and kind of and do that as a, a cheaper way. So um, yeah, I think we're you know we're I think we're just quite good at doing that. Um, mm. I think you know one of the key differences, you like, know, I think we could one thing we actually you know as an organisation we pay VAT on our subscriptions. Um, Whereas actually unions could probably do it a bit cheaper because they don't have to pay VAT on, you know, they don't have to pay VAT on union membership fees. But um, I think, yeah, we are always trying to do things as, as high quality as we can, but also just to try and offer that at as a lower price as we can to, to um, teachers and, and school staff around the country.
1: And yeah, I mean, it's one of those, as you say, one of those important lessons in economics. Would, would you believe that today, well, I was teaching the American West as a history teacher and we we're talking about how, as different states specialise in farming, different products are able to make more money. Um, it's astonishing yeah. about the things we teach in the, American, in the American West. If you're a history teacher and you don't teach the American West and somebody tells you to teach the American West, don't do it. Um, so, um, no, I mean, that's a, that's another show, to be honest. Um, so yeah, adapt specialises spending less money on other things, and you know, for some people, those other things are important. But for people who want protection without the politics, um, adapt is definitely the place to go. I want to talk about something, and I don't want. I, it, it can be very easy for me on this to mention a particular union or a particular set of general of general secretaries or leaders, and I'm not going to. Um, how does ADAPT get the balance right in terms of not bombarding its members with information and communications?
0: Yeah, okay. So, you know, we, we often talk to kind of new subscribers about and ask them like why they've joined. And, and certainly that was a reason that some people cited um, earlier in the year about kind of what kind of like might have tipped them over to switching. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't like to kind of talk down any particular organizations or, or whatever you know I think the way we try and approach things is that we as kind of like an organization which is founded and, and run by teachers we, we just try to do things how you know and almost be like be treated in the way that we would want to be treated as a teacher uh, and so coming from that background I think makes that relatively easy to do um, you know we kind of look at it through the lens that you know teachers are professionals should be respected as such we want to inform and educate them but we want to allow individuals to to make their own mind up the way we kind of do that is we have a a monthly email uh, which is optional for subscribers and also non-subscribers we call it policy Mm -hmm. insights where we just provide an overview of kind of what's happening in the sector Uh, we might highlight some blogs that we thought were particularly interesting or um, maybe some we've brought out some new guidance about certain things and we kind of might highlight some of that, but yeah, we, we tend to kind of just keep it at that and then allow, you know, our subscribers to get in touch as and when they need things, when there are kind of exceptional circumstances. So for example, like when the industrial action was announced in January, you know, we felt actually, well, we need to kind of get some advice out there and, and kind of do like a, a, emergency broadcast for want of a better phrase. Um, of of kind of like getting that guidance out and sending that to our subscribers rather than just kind of waiting for the the monthly email but yeah we try to keep things to a minimum um and and just kind of keep it on terms of of what people you know opt into it's it's even yeah when i go to um conferences or i speak to new teachers and they want to find out more about adapt or if we have a little competition or something you know when i give them options as to what they want to do if they're giving us their email address. I give them the option of, no, I just want to enter the competition that you're doing or yeah, I wouldn't mind like a one-off email, but I don't want to be on your mailing list. Like we just, we try to approach it in that, like I say, the way that I would want to be treated. Like I get really annoyed like now when, you know, I go somewhere and, you know, I'm going to a restaurant and I'm making a, you know, I'm going, you know, just walking into a restaurant and then they're asking me for my phone number. Like, well, what do you want my phone number for? I don't, I don't need that you know so we just sort of try and kind of approach things or we try and approach things in the way that we would like to be treated. Yeah I
1: mean that's a really important principle um, and you know talking about you contacting members and keeping a sort of light touch no spam giving people a choice I suppose if we look at sort of the other way um, how can people who are Interested in joining Adapt? Maybe they've listened to tonight's show, maybe they've heard about you and wanted to find out more. But if they're interested in joining Adapt, but not one hundred percent sure if membership is the right thing for them, how how can they get in contact with you?
0: Yeah, I mean, so we've obviously got lots of stuff on our website for people to to look at and read. Um, we try and explain kind of like how we operate and how we're different. Um, there's obviously lots to read there. I'd also say you know if you're interested just get in touch like feel free to kind of give us a ring um or, or drop us an email uh, we've got live chat on our website as well um we're always happy just to kind of talk to people and then to answer questions and if people want to choose you know choose to join us that's great if they don't want to that's fine like I like I said before like we don't we treat people how we would want to be treated so we don't try and do the hard sell we you know we won't put any pressure on we just kind of I, you know, I kind of have always said this to people. I feel like adapt kind of sells itself. But either you either want it or you don't, and that's fine. But you know, we don't need to kind of you know um, ram it down people's ram it down people's throats to kind of make them want to join. That's not why we want people to join. We want them to join because they feel like there's real value in what we do
1: yeah and I, I there's a lot of integrity I think with that option of not wanting to ram it down people's throats, allowing you know teachers are educated degree educated professionals they are cap- cap- they have a capacity for independent thought and they're capable of making those decisions themselves so i I really do admire this approach of not wanting to ram it down people's throats and allowing people to make up their mind um we've talked about how it's good value i mean I'm looking at your website um a monthly um figure for teachers and supply teachers um, for ADAPT uh, per month is £16.50. Now, compared to the NEU, um, that is Twenty pounds thirty four, including a local fee. Um, Nasword is seventeen seventy four. Um, an annual subscription for Adapt is one hundred and seventy eight pounds, um, compared to the NEU two hundred and forty four pounds eight pence, and um, nasuwt two hundred and twelve pounds and ninety eight pence as well. For senior leadership per month, um, Adapt available for nineteen pounds, um, which is still less than the NEU, um, but slightly more than Nasword. Um, and but annually, of course, if you are a senior leader and are interested in going in getting um, going in with Ednapt, um you can get an annual subscription for two hundred and five pounds, which is less than NASUWT at two hundred and twelve pounds and ninety eight pence. I should also point out, of course, um, that if you would like a ten percent discount on your subscription in the month of September, you can use the codes TTR monthly for 10% off a monthly discount with ADAPT or TTR annual for 10% discount on a annual subscription as well. And yeah, I mean, this whole thing, there are no hidden fees. Um, You get your online newsletter, but it's the environmentally friendly option. You don't get magazines, you don't get posts. And for those teachers, and there's a lot of schools, there's a lot of schools who want to be more environmentally friendly um, and take those sort of eco approaches. And so having no magazines and posts coming through you know your mailbox
0: will really appeal to a lot of teachers yeah you know i think it's i think there's a you know teachers and school staff are a diverse bunch and there's you know there's lots of different things which people prioritize um when it comes to like seeking their protection For for lots of teachers you know the you know a union route is is good for them but you know there is a significant chunk of teachers who prefer not to do that you know we know from research i think there's some research from and it's kind of i think from this year and last year you know one in five teachers say they prefer not to be a member of a union if there were alternative legal support available and essentially we are that alternative Um, so yeah i mean lots of teachers will want to be members of unions that's that's absolutely fine but also lots of, of school staff you know a significant chunk of the school staff might not want to do that and then and that's just kind of where we come in and provide that option absolutely and you know as you say on your website you know for teaching
1: and for protection and edgy legal support there are no comparison websites there's no good compare there's no com, which collects your monthly subscription costs um you've got to do the research yourself and you know a lot of people who are deciding from a variety of options will look for word of mouth from teachers um values um pricing of course any testimonials um whether it's a political way political stance um sort of talk you know ensuring that the person they have on the end of the phone is very knowledgeable um and although some people might say that employment support and protection isn't something you can really compare like a phone contract or like an energy supplier um it's definitely worth thinking about the quality of advice, the professionalism of accompaniment and the overall value. And with you know, your legal support and with the um, 24-7 mental health support, uh, it definitely makes it clear that ADAPT is perfectly adept uh, supporting school staff and protecting careers. Um, just a little thing from me, um, just wider TTR next wednesday i am back um, surprisingly i wasn't expecting to come back next wednesday but i'm hosting a really exciting show um because the dfe the department of education has launched its um, workload reduction task force and i'm going to be taking a series of calls we've got a couple of um People, including the principal at Dustin School, Sam Strickland, um, and Gwen, who's a former teacher, left the profession this summer. And they're going to be calling in, they're going to be saying about what the DFE's workload reduction task force could be doing um, and what their focus should be on um, in terms of um, reducing workload for teachers. Um, And I suppose, you know, we can't make any political judgments on this at all. Um, It gets into politics but from a workload reduction point of view if a teacher is struggling with their workload Alistair you know we talked about the allegation we talked about the abuse if if they're struggling with their workload um you have the 24-7 mental health support is there anything else
0: that can offer yeah I think I think often these sorts of things like it's about getting uh having someone to talk to who, who kind of who perhaps is removed from that situation and having an objective voice in it sometimes it's actually just having the space to talk through your issue with someone else can provide you the clarity of of what to do next. You know, if someone is struggling with issues, you know, one would hope that they've got um a supportive team who are gonna support them around that. You know, as a new teacher, obviously you know, your mentor or or kind of university tutor perhaps or or other kind of senior members of, of school staff you would hope would be helping you and in the same way that that kind of doesn't change throughout your career there's always people you can kind of turn to and hopefully within your organization but obviously that like, we, we we you know ourselves and, and other organizations provide that space for people to talk through issues as well um sometimes you know that might come down to kind of legal things which are worth saying oh actually that's not you know coming back to what we were saying earlier about like contracts you know Uh, yeah that's not part of my role and you know you, you know you can kind of say no to certain things um but you know every individual situation is different and that's why it's really important just to kind of judge each one of those on their own merits
1: absolutely and if you did And anybody who wants to take part in the show on Wednesday, the 27th of September, again at 7.30, all you have to do is DM us um, at TT Radio Official, or you can email us, or email me, I'll give out my personal email if you want to get involved, HB at ttradio.org. Um, I look forward to hearing from you um, in terms of taking part in that workload discussion and Alistair of course you're always more than welcome to join that as well Um, in terms of what we have on TTR for the rest of the week, tomorrow night we are back with education tonight at 7.30pm it will be Brent Poland and Adam Spence in the hot seat and they're going to be focusing very much on the independent sector and private schools who are moving away from GCSEs um, moving towards their own qualifications that's going to be a really interesting discussion. And at 9pm um, on tomorrow, on the 21st of September, we are going to have Paul Hazard, um, our wonderful Northern Irish host, and he's going to um, you know, he produces some absolutely fantastic shows, and I'm really looking forward um, to that. He's going to be um, doing a fantastic show. On Friday, the 22nd of September, Poppy Gibson is on with a morning break at 11am. Uh, Maxine House is on at 6pm. Um, it's a Big welcome back from Maxine. She's going to be um, joined by, um, she's going to be joined by Sufjan Sadiq um, talking about um, racial inequalities in the education system, sharing real life experiences and considering how we can move to a position of true equity. Um, at 7.30pm on that Friday, um, Emily Follorancho will be here on Spaces as well. Really looking forward to that show. Saturday, 9am, Darren Lester, 5pm, Graham Stanley. And then we've got a real bumper sunday for you at 10 a.m it's for weekly review reviewing the week in education with lucy newberg as our host i believe um 11 a.m Omar pazar is back on spaces um 5 p.m Maud and 8 p.m christopher vows for his monthly sunday late show slot um so yeah and if you've missed out on any show and for the last um, you know, few weeks or months. Um, all of our shows are available back on our website, ttradio.org/forward/slash/listen/back. If you're listening back to this show as a podcast, then thank you very much for taking the time to listen. Um, and if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider, and you know, please do take time now um, to leave us a review and a rating. Hopefully, it'll be five stars. Um, and you know, yeah we are very very grateful for that as well um so yes uh, that that's all from me tonight and i just want to give a massive thank you to alistair um, on behalf of adapt talking about how organizations like adapt can support teachers and protect careers and how adapt offers protection without the politics so thank you very much for joining me tonight alistair
0: yeah, thanks very much tom and uh, thanks uh, i'll just say you know thanks for everything you guys do on teachers talk radio You know, you do a really great job of uh, bringing light to some really, really important issues. So um, thanks for everything
1: you do. Oh, thank you, Alistair. And, you know... Our USP at Teachers Talk Radio is we're run by teachers for teachers, much like at ADAPT. You know, you have the teacher expertise in there. You know exactly what um, teachers need and want. And and that is really a really important USP of organisations like TTR and ADAPT as well. Um, So thank you very much, Alistair. And um, that's it from me tonight on Teachers Talk Radio. We'll see you very soon. I will see you next Wednesday on the 27th for a discussion about workload. Until then, tune in and talk it out. See you later. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.